another special episode and another very special guest. So this man, again, it probably no needs an introduction. Some of you already know Aaron, but it's the first time I'm meeting with him, you know, so for the people who are the same, never met Aaron before. So I'm just going to read through, through some bio. It's very impressive, by the way. So Aaron Fragnito, uh, is that, first of all, is that an Italian surname? Yes, sir. Italian. Yeah. Polish, Italian, Irish, you know. Wow. Mix. That's cool. I love that. Because again, co-founder of People's Capital Group. Love the name, by the way. Host mm -hmm. of a New Jersey real estate network, a licensed New Jersey realtor and a full-time real estate investor. Aaron has completed over 250 real estate transactions. It's a big, big number. Totaling more than a four, 40 million in real estate in his career. Another big number. People's uh, Capital Group works with qualified investors to create passive returns through local commercial real estate. The owners of PCG are experienced in lo locating discounted apartment buildings for sale in northern New Jersey and Im implementing a value-add strategy to create max returns for their silent investors. That's a very interesting way you put it here. So it's, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. To learn more, visit at peoplescapitalgroup.com. That's people capitalist. Uh, peoplescapitalgroup.com and uh, currently I love the numbers by the way I'm a, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy so for yeah. you guys who, who love the numbers real estate portfolio currently 10 million assets under management currently holds 75 plus rentals units in New Jersey market closed over 250 real estate interactions as we mentioned before totally more than 40 million dollars so again as you know from the number standpoint it's going to be a very interesting, interesting interview we're going to, you know, have today on. So I really appreciate it, Aaron. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for the introduction. Love to be here. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. So I don't know, guys. Uh, again, English is not my first language. So let me know how I did in, in a bio here. I know it sucked a little bit, but, you know, support me. So click the like. Thank you very much. You yeah. know, so first of all, first of all, maybe Aaron, you know, people love the stories. And again, like being a real estate agent, you know, and you always have you always lived in a New Jersey or that, that's where you're from originally? Yeah, born and raised in Jersey. You know, that's one of the reasons I enjoy investing here. Uh, I live uh, 20 minutes from where I grew up. I invest where I grew up, uh, which is right around uh, the Manhattan metropolitan market, which you know happens to be a good area to invest in because people always need to live near New York City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great market. Well, well you know, people are. Like it's it's tough at the same time because it's I know it's not ten, it's a tenant friendly market, maybe it's it's not investor friendly market. Sure, I mean that's one of the biggest objections you know we get, or that's one of the reasons a lot of people don't invest in New Jersey. Now we do yeah. not invest in Manhattan. Now Manhattan is a tough, uh, even a harder place. You know, there's like super difficult rent control restrictions right now that have recently come into Manhattan that make it even harder to own there than it's ever been. And uh, because of that, you know, a lot of investors are actually coming over to New Jersey um, because the boroughs are very uh, high priced and you just get a lot more real estate for your dollar across the river here in, in Jersey. And there's cities where you can commute into Manhattan in 45 minutes and uh, you could pay a fraction of the price you're going to have to pay in uh, one of the boroughs of, of the city. So we focus on really, you know, North Jersey and buying in cities that we feel are very well priced right now, you know, Newark, New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, um, and quite frankly, something like Hoboken or Jersey City, New Jersey, if you know the market at all in North Jersey, are really overpriced now and up to the cost of where Brooklyn is, you know, and, and, the, and now 
you look at the Bronx, you know, uh, and, and these areas used to be really rough, you know, the Billy Joel song, you know, ride through Bedford, Stuyd alone, you know, like that. It used to be really dangerous to go to Brooklyn, you know, or the Bronx. And now people pay an arm and a leg to live there. So we work off that excitement, that demand for uh, New York City, which some say is the greatest city in the world. But I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to say that. You know? Whoa, whoa, that's that's that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I love you. You know, you're, you're in the city, you're living in the city, you're born and raised in there. So you just have to stick for the city, man. Maybe it is, you know, maybe yeah. it is even for the people who live in it so i wouldn't argue with that so sure, sure. we we cleared out the new jersey market you know but again coming back to your story maybe you can give you know a little bit of your background how you born and raised what did you do you know how did you discover real estate investing and how did you end up you know having all these 250 you know real estate transactions and 40 million you know uh totally as well so Sure. Well, you know, I oh, uh, always had a passion for uh, being an entrepreneur, uh, for real estate as well, which I didn't really even recognize my passion for real estate until I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which there I'm sure yeah. there you go. I'm sure everyone that comes on your show <laughs> tells the same story. You know, yeah. I, I remember my dad had a condo in this like 300 unit complex. We would go and paint it whenever there's a turnover. And, and I would always say, wow, how cool to be to own a complex like this, you know, and, and how does that work as a young boy think of that? So, you know, I had a small landscaping business, a painting business. I majored in entrepreneurship at Rowan University and uh, graduated, you know, from there and really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and, until I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad around the end, uh, you know, around graduating uh, college. And uh, then I actually moved to Colorado to teach kids how to ski for six months. And I read David Lindahl and Trump University. And I, I spent, you know, a couple hundred dollars on books instead of thousands of dollars, you know, so I always advise, you know, go on amazon.com and read up. There's a ton of wealth, a wealth of information out there. Um, just, you know, for $15 on amazon.com or something. So read all those books. They all told me how easy it would be to develop a real estate investment company. And, you know, you just raise some money and you put down a deposit and you do some inspections, you know, and some real estate, yeah. obviously <laughs> a lot harder than that. So, but I made a list. I made a, a goal. I wrote it down. I said, I want to own a, a million dollars in net worth real estate, a uh, hundred thousand dollars of cash flow in 10 years. Okay. I was 23 at the time. I'm 33 now. So, you know, you shoot for the, the moon, uh, right. Or stars land on the moon. So, you know, and basically uh, I said, okay, to get started, I got to, you know, make connections, save some money, learn this industry. I said, okay, get my real estate license. Looks like a logical first step. Uh, so I went back home, got my real estate license, 2010, terrible market. Uh, made, uh, you know, made a $5,000 commission in my first six months. That was it. My, uh, my broker paid me $500 of it and said, read the fine print. So I switched brokers after that and realized he was not working in my, my favor and, you know, made a lot of mistakes, teamed up with the wrong people to start. One guy was skimming off the top when I was flipping houses and I had to like quit claim him off the deed just to get rid of him. And uh, finally though, I met Seth Martinez, my business partner to today. And, you know, I would put, we buy houses signs on telephone poles. You ever see those before? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I see them online. Like I'm not familiar with like physically. Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. But the, back in 2011, 2012, those things worked like a charm. So I would go around a suit and tie and I'd put up these, we buy houses signs on telephone poles in, in the middle of summer, sweating my butt off. And, you know, and uh, eventually uh, we got some good deals doing that. I got some really good listings doing that. People would call and say, Hey, I want, I want to get this for my home. And I say, well, I, I don't think I could pay that as an investor, but as a realtor, I could sell your home and, and get that price and I'll earn a commission. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, some, some brokers allow that, some brokers don't, but I got a lot of listings that way. And, you know, in a buyer's market, those advertisements really worked. And um, 
learned short sales, uh, had a short sale team negotiating people's short sales. Because I was able to get the short sales going, I had a bunch of buyers who wanted to buy those short sales. And, you know, I call up expired short sale listings and say, hey, your, your agent's doing it wrong. I know how to do it better and I have the buyers. So made my first commissions that way. Uh, teamed up with Seth, who had sold a medical billing company. He had a bunch of money and uh, was buying uh, properties in, in, in Newark uh, for, for pennies on the dollar. And no other realtors wanted to work with Seth because his offers were all so low. And I loved it though. And so he, I was learning from him. He was getting uh, really great deals and we found a six family together. And I said, Hey, you know, why don't we work together on this one? Uh, he's great at management and operations. I'm good at, you know, kind of raising the capital, finding the deals. And uh, we bought a six family for about 220. We put about 50,000 into it and in renovations, leased it up. It appraised for about 450. So we pulled out all of our money plus a little bit of tax-free money on top of that at the cash out refinance, you know, we were doing the Burr strategy before millennials called it the Burr strategy, you know, and uh, so that was a, a good way to get started. We grew up to about a hundred doors for about five years doing that. Love it, love it, great, great story, great story. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, humbling, you know, like coming, like, I, again, like it's a people business, like everything, like it doesn't matter what type of business do you have, like it, it's, it, it, if it involves people, it, you will get, you know, problems at some point, mm -hmm. you know, because if, if there won't be no people in the business, there will be no problems, you know, maybe there will be some technology problems, I don't know, but it, yeah, you know, yeah. you live and learn, you, you learn through the process to find the right partnerships, which is very important in, in this mm -hmm. business. So, you know, but the advice for people, again, as I mentioned before, you know, there's audience watching now and thinking like, oh, good for you, Aaron, you know, having 250 transactions and, you know, successful real estate business uh, currently. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But can you give me an advice on how can I start, you know, because I'm maybe I'm not from States, maybe I'm watching this Instagram from Asia or, you know, Australia mm -hmm. or Canada, like what, mm -hmm. what will be one, this, this one piece of advice for people who are having a full-time job or looking to get involved into real estate, what, what would you advise for them? Sure. So, you know, it, it is a tough uh, business to break into doing it part-time. Uh, and, and that's always a tough question. You know, people say, Hey, you know, I'm a, I make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year doing what I do with full benefits. You know, should I, you know, quit what I do and get started in real estate? Like, no, you probably shouldn't like real estate's hard. You know, it's not the, save all end all way to make money you know it's one avenue to make money and uh unless you're you know really committed to it uh, full time it's hard to be an operator so uh, you know the answer is you know probably work with a company like mine that does something like the learn and earn program where we give you all of our spreadsheets and our documents we use to analyze properties to make offers on properties and you know so you get all of our documents that we use to work with investors and analyze all these apartment buildings and then you invest with us as well and you get quarterly financials and detailed updates and you learn what we're doing as we take a mismanaged apartment building and make it better and make it cash flow really well and then get it to appraise at a price we can split up a bunch of refinance cash and you know we learn through that process and get all of our documents in editable form so you can take our spreadsheets and edit them and make them your own and start analyzing buildings and start getting some cash flow checks in the mail you know that's a good way for someone to get started who is working full-time who has some capital to invest you know people can start as little as thirty thousand dollars so you know that's one thing to, and there's tons of syndicators that do stuff like that so you know, look around for the right match for you um you know maybe someone even local to what you're doing there um but uh, the other thing is you know i did get started as a realtor and you can be a realtor part-time 
Okay, you can also wholesale part-time, which is when you put a property under contract and assign the contract to another buyer. Now, a lot of gurus say wholesaling is a great way to get started and it's easy. I don't think wholesaling is that easy, actually. <clears throat> I think it's hard because you have to get a deal like really, really, really cheap so that you could sell to a guy like he or you who's going to buy it and, and still make money on it. There has to be enough meat on the bone for everyone to get paid, you know, and that's hard to do right now in this market it was good to do when we were going from a buyer's market phase two into a seller's market phase one we cleaned up at that time we went with the market in 2016 2017 made a million dollars wholesaling share of sale properties because there was one arena the sheriff sale auctions where we could steal properties and there was another arena the public market as a realtor i could buy these properties and list them on the mls where everyone was clawing for deals so you know, we had a, an amazing opportunity as the market changed from a buyer's market around 2015 to 2016, 2017 into a seller's market here. You know, everyone kind of experienced that in the last decade and we cleaned up. Okay. And that was good. And then, and that's how you also make money in real estate. You go with the market, you go with the flow right now. Interest rates are low. Rents are high. Um, people are selling their apartment buildings because the market's gone up for a while. So there's, there are market properties on the market we're seeing more and more apartment buildings for sale so we see value in the perfect storm of low interest rates and high rents and big demand for rentals here shortage of housing in new jersey to buy apartment buildings and long-term residential rentals so play the market don't go against the market you're not smarter than the market you're not better than the market go with the market and um do something that you know you're, you enjoy doing. And I don't think you should go start flipping houses. A lot of people say, oh, get started in real estate, buy the ugly house in the block and hire your brother to fix it up. No way, flipping houses is so hard to do. You're running a construction business on an 80 year old home and hoping there's no surprises behind the walls. I fixed and flipped over 50 houses. And let me tell you, we did great on nine out of 10 of them. But there's always that one out of 10 that that's a real sucker. And, yeah. you know, that could wipe out your gains on uh, three other flips. So, you know, we looked at our flipping business after years of doing it. And, you know, maybe we're not the best house flippers in the world, but we just weren't really having trouble turning a decent profit for it to be worth the mind-numbing hours it takes to flip, you know, a dozen houses a year. Um, so it's a really tough way to make money. The easiest way to get started is being a realtor. You know, you have the real estate commission protecting you. You get a listing, you put it on the MLS, you take some pictures, you field some showings, you do an open house. It's really, you know, a pretty great way to start making some dollars in the business. You do it on the weekends. You can team up with the agent who's doing a lot already and you're going to work certain hours a week for them and you're going to split up your commissions a certain way and you can learn from that agent, be on that team, get, you know, leads from that team. Um, there's a lot of ways to get started as an agent. Um, it, it's, you know, no offense to being a realtor, but it wasn't rocket science. It was really, you know, the kind of the entry level of real estate, in my opinion. That's a great place to start. It's not where I wanted to end, personally. I, I wanted to build into ownership of real estate, and I think people should have that mindset, too, to build wealth. Yeah, definitely. My God, a lot of golden nuggets, guys, here, you know, so make sure you pick them up, you know, pick them up, guys, and just, you know, use them. Again, I was what you mentioned so true. I was a real estate agent before, like didn't learn anything about real estate. 
<laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those spaces where you don't learn a lot. You know, right. you are in the business, but you, you just see, you deal with the people mainly and like, you don't understand the deal flow, like you analyzing, there's nothing of that involved. So mm -hmm. it's more advertising, you know? So, mm -hmm. but what you mentioned is so true about the flipping and wholesaling fix and flip. Like it's about the timing. And again, maybe, you know, being in a, you know, well, it's, uh, people say we are at the top of the market. Maybe it's not the right time to do so. And again, going passively, because I came across a lot of people that we had previously on the show and they been a passive investors in the deals before, before mm -hmm. they started and went and got involved into their own deals as a GP or, you know, uh, right, right. whatever. So, you know, it, it's yeah. a great way definitely to learn the business side, just oh, observing, yes. like being, you know, passive on a deal and just seeing how the people actually operating the deal, what did they do to increase the value, like how they even pick the location and why did they decided to do so? So mm -hmm. definitely you can learn a lot by just observing. I think that Babe Ruth uh, told that. So, you know, it, mm -hmm. th that's what it is. So what, what's the main markets you're currently focusing on? Is it all New Jersey or? Uh, yes, we stick to what we know here. We buy within an hour of our office in North Jersey, which is pretty okay. centrally located to a lot of inner city areas like Newark and Patterson and Jersey City and, uh, you know, Morristown. And, and these markets are um, all different types of markets, you know, but we, we focus on middle of the road apartment buildings, class B and class C. Uh, we buy around the cranes in the air. We buy around the big developments that are coming in, the class A real estate markets that are being created in these inner city markets. Like, for example, Patterson, New Jersey is creating a class A real estate market right now. It doesn't exist yet. They're creating uh, high-end condos and storefronts. And what comes after that is home values tend to rise as developers put hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in but are, can I just, uh, but you know, people who are watching, maybe they have like, oh, are you not scared that there's competition like next door and it, it will take some time, you know, for these units like to get absorbed in the marketplace and, you know, it, it might affect your occupancy at the same time or, or like, is, is it a good thing for you? Yeah, we, we pick uh, city by city. We watch uh, saturation rates and things like that. And I think Jersey City has a little bit too much inventory coming to market in the next two to three years. And I'm not buying in Jersey City right now. You know, there are areas I probably look into. I mean, there's some areas where the city is so bullish on development that you'd just be a fool not to uh, plop your cards, you know, your chips down at this time. But we don't focus like Jersey City, you kind of missed the boat. Okay, so, I'm, you know, know your market like the back of your hand. And we do know, you know, uh, New, uh, North Jersey here, like the back of your hand, is so important. So the next city to boom was Newark, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey has a Penn Station that brings you into Manhattan very quickly. Uh, but Newark is plagued with high crime and, and rough schools. And for years, you know, there's been kind of an exodus from the city. And But there's so much real estate in Newark. Um, it's a city built for half a million people where a quarter million live there. All right, it's got a rich history. And there's a downtown area that has just boomed in the last 10 years because the city has allowed a lot of development. Shaq just finished a big 200 unit, you know, class A building there. Uh, Queen Latifah has a bunch of buildings going up. You know, so like celebrities are getting in and, you know, there's Ironbound area where there's a ton of Portuguese, like beautiful food, great area to go out in, a lot, a lot of stuff going on there, great nightlife. And, um, really a nice uh, market there where you have just a melting pot of America, you know, one place and such a booming market. And uh, that's an inner city area, you know, where a lot of people would look at Newark on a statistical chart and say, no way, never, you know, but we see the value in certain pockets of Newark. And now we see that happening in Patterson, New Jersey. 
And, um, you know, you have to keep an eye on saturation rates, but, and, and the amount of units coming to market. And is there a demand for that? And I'm not trying to be the fanciest guy in the block. I'm not trying to attract that new high-end tenant and encourage them to, hey, try out Patterson, you know, move from Hoboken, the high-end city into Pat. No, I'm not, that's a, that's a risky proposition. I buy around those developments because I know those areas over time will grow in value. And quite frankly, if you want to commute to Manhattan in 45 minutes or less, there is no other option. If you can't pay $2,000 a month in rent, you kind of have to move to Newark or Patterson. You know, like there's just no other options anymore. You can't go to Brooklyn. Good luck in any of the boroughs. Jersey City, like maybe you get a hole in the wall for, you know, $1,400. But if, if you can't afford over $1,500 a month or something, then you have to live in Newark or Patterson. These are great areas to live in. And just geographically speaking, unless the demand to commute into Newark it completely disappears, which if it did, I think there'd be bigger problems than our real estate values. Um, but if that completely disappeared, you know, then, then we'd, be, we'd be in a, a tough spot. But, you know, I, I think the demand to go into Manhattan is going to remain uh, in place as far as I can see. And, and that's, you know, as what we're looking for. But we underprice the market. We're the cheaper guys around the city. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I think by the time, as you're saying, you know, the worst case, like when that route is going to disappear, I think we're going to get the flying cars by that time, you know, so don't, don't worry about that. So, <laughs> you, you know, so what do you think about the timing here again? Cause you know, I, I love you gave out a bunch of great advice, you know, big thanks for that, for the people, you know, about how to actually, you can get involved into real estate, like from a passive standpoint or, you know, just actively, you know, educating yourself. So, you know, what do you think, is there a timing issue right now? Because again, you know, top of the market almost like who knows, but it looks like it. So is, is mm-hmm. there now is the good time for them to go and invest and buy some deals, let's say a house or flip a property, which I know you're not a big fan of, or get involved into multifamily deals, deals let's say actively, or just wait it out until the market is going to shift and, and start buying, you know, in the bottom again. Uh, I'm never a fan of waiting to make uh, money. You know, the, don't wait to get into the market. Get into the market and wait, right? Uh, who said mm-hmm. that? Uh, was that Warren Buffett, I think? Or no, some famous someone, Somebody famous, yeah. Someone famous, someone smart with billions of dollars, much more than me or you. So, you know, basically, yeah, we, you know, and that's the bottom line is, um, you know, there's always an opportunity in one way or another. Is it hard to find a good deal right now? Heck yeah. I'll look at like, 400 to 500 properties to bring my investors one deal. You know, it's a lot of work behind the scenes. So, uh, but there are opportunities, you know, you could always try to wholesale some real estate. You could try to do a fix and flip if you have a good contractor on your team. Uh, You know, I think buy and holds are the more forgiving uh, ways to get started in real estate ownership. You know, buy a three family, buy a six unit. Generally six units or more do cash flow. It's hard to cash flow on a two or a three. But I built my initial portfolio of 100 units uh, buying twos and threes and sixes. And there's nothing wrong with that. So um, I did sell off a lot of those twos and threes because they really don't cash flow. But they grew in value. I bought around Rutgers University and they, they just boomed in value. And I really maintained them and just collected the rent on them and covered my costs and, and, and then harvested the equity selling them and, or, or refinancing over time. And, and you know, so it's just a gift that keeps on giving. So um, you know, get started with a two or a three and do the buy, renovate, refinance strategy. And if you don't know what that is, then Google it and buy some books on it. And it's pretty simple. You buy it as cheap as you can. You put as little money as you can into it. You lease it out for as much as you can. And then you refinance it 
uh, for a safe amount of mortgage, usually a 70% loan to value or so, and, and then get your money back. So you can go to another one, rinse and repeat, and that's it. That's exactly how everyone builds their real estate holdings. Use the bank's money, right? Play with the house's money, uh, refinance that money back, lock in that four, three and a half interest rate that basically is free money. It's a couple ticks above, you know, um, inflation, which, you know, is just phenomenal, you know, how, how cheap money is right now. So take mm -hmm. advantage of that, how high rents are, you know? So right now the market is prone, at least around here, for uh, buy and holds. So a lot of investors have stopped by fix and flipping and gone to buy in a three family or a six unit, you know, and renovating it and refinancing out. So play that market, you know, play the market well. So, you know, if you're at the height of the market, which we really are nationally, basically in seller's phase two right now, which means the next step is buyer's phase one. Okay, I don't think we're gonna see another 2009, 2010, but we are gonna see a correction in values perhaps, or at least a, a growth is gonna grow stagnant maybe for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think elections play a role in all that, but you know, mm -hmm. we don't wanna get into politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Got it. So what would be, you know, if we just expand a little bit on that for the people to, to kind of absorb what you're talking about, you know, maybe if you mention a few risks, you know, be, be, besides, you know, the upcoming downturn that everybody's expecting on, what would be other risks, you know, associated with real estate investing? Well, you know, there of course are a risk with any type of investment. You know, the main thing is the building spiraling out of control. The, here's what I see. Here's how people lose their shirt in this business. They say, uh, I don't need a, a pro professional to do real estate. You know, I don't need a doctor to fix my cancer. I don't need a hairdresser to cut my hair. You know, of course you do. You need to hire the professionals, right? So they go and buy their own building and they manage it themselves and they called up their best friend who's a realtor and said, get me a great deal who has no idea what a great deal is and brought you something that's sitting on the internet and you bought it and you got a loan and you qualified for a loan, which is great. And now you own the home and you owe the debt and you're trying to manage it yourself, to save the 8%. And, you know, but the, the, the boiler breaks, you, you put your money into the boiler and then the roof starts leaking, but you don't have any more money because you just fixed the boiler. And now the tenants stopped paying the rent because the roof's leaking and now you have less money and then the hot water goes on the first floor and you don't have any money to fix that. And now both the tenants aren't paying rent and you evict them and you go to court and they say, well, I don't have hot water and I have a really leaky roof. And, and the judge says, well, then you, you, you got to stay there for free until these things are fixed. You don't owe rent until they're fixed. Now you have people living in your house for free and you have no money to fix the things and the bank wants their money. You say, ah, just take it back bank. And they say, nope, it's going to be a year long foreclosure process. We're going to nail your credit. And you're going to still personally owe the mortgage. So to avoid all that, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com where we take care of everything from A to Z. We personally guarantee the mortgage so our investors don't have to. We manage everything A to Z with our management company. And we look at four to 500 properties to bring you the perfect opportunity. Got it. Got it. So, so <laughs> people probably think thinking two things right now. It's either Aaron's story that he's just tell us, or he's just a great storyteller. One of those. One or the other. I think a little bit of both, you know, yeah, listen, yeah. I mean, the, tr the truth is most people successfully can, you know, yeah. you hire a management company, you buy some, and, yeah, and I, lots of people do both, right? They, they put a hundred with us and they put a hundred in their own property. And quite frankly, after a few years, they get tired of managing it and dealing with the headaches and the tax time. And they don't really make what they thought they were going to make on it because of all the headaches and not really having the answers already figured out and experience with it. So 
you know, they end up coming back around and saying, hey, you know what, I'll just let the professionals do it. You know, and when you buy bigger, when you pool capital together and you buy multi-million dollar buildings, those buildings produce better cash flow than someone buying, say, a $200,000 two-family because, you know, you lose one tenant on that, you lose half your cash flow, or, you know, you can't pay your costs, or you lose a boiler, it's five grand, that's, you know, two years of income on the building. So bigger buildings are better investments, they're more forgiving, and working with the pros who've already made their mistakes and lost their money, you know, I'm not one of those guys that says, oh, I'm such a pro, I've done so, no, I made tons of mistakes. I teamed up with the wrong people. I borrowed money from the wrong people. I've hired the wrong contractors. I've lost, you know, six figures in a single flip. You know, I've had challenges, you know, in my career. We powered through it, um, you know, at all, at all costs. So, you know, we learned a lot from it. And um, so you want to kind of team up with people that have, have had those experiences that they saved you from having those experiences. You know? Yeah, yeah, solid, solid advice. Thank you again for sharing that. Again, if, if we just talk about that stuff you mentioned, you know, people helping you not to make the mistakes. And again, you probably know, and probably you had mentors before. So maybe you can talk about, you know, for people who are watching and they're looking to get started in real estate or just to get educated about it, like, should they get a, a mentor from a get go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone needs a mentor, you know, you should have multiple mentors, you know, Grant Cardone could be a mentor, he gets you out of bed, you know, but not 100% of what he says is how you want to live your life, you want a little bit of each, you know, and, and uh, you know, I have lots of mentors from, you know, Jesus Christ to Grant Cardone, opposite ends of the spectrum, probably, you know, and one says, you know, be good to others, the other says, make money, but build your family, right, and church, something like that. Um, so, Basically, uh, yeah, I mean, you always want to be looking around for people that, you know, you want to be like in one way or another, whether it's your personal, you know, uh, strategies, you know, or, or your, your financial gains, your business. But, you know, I find my business uh, as an entrepreneur, it, it is me. I am my business. And, my, you know, so I'm always uh, changing my business. I'm always looking at the world around me. I'm, I want to be mindful you know, I want to be aware of what the market's doing, what I'm doing, uh, what my time is spent doing. Um, I, am I burning myself out? Am I not getting being as productive as I can be? You know, and am I being smart with my hours, right? Because you want to be smart, work smart, not, not hard always. So, you know, and, and working on your business and in your business is that really tough balance that every entrepreneur has. But by, you know, just being productive and creating systems, um, I, I make money in real estate, right? So, you know, when you really break it down, what do I do to go from being a broke realtor to being a guy that uh, raises money and buys apartment buildings? It's systems. Every day, I wake up, you know, I get in the right mindset and I build and I, I look at my systems and I say, how can I improve these processes and these systems, uh, people, right? Process, product is uh, what his name says, you know, so always improve that system and that process. Um, and, you know, you'd be amazed how tied up you get in your own business and you don't realize the things you're doing, you know, that are just holding you back. Um, and then what you can do with a little bit of more money in your marketing, you know, like mm -hmm. F it, put down that 10 grand in YouTube marketing, you know, do whatever it is, you know, you're, you're putting in five grand of direct mail marketing and you're getting $10,000 of profits. Well, what would happen if you put down $40,000 in direct mail marketing, you know, so ha understand that growth mindset, you know, and don't be stupid. I mean, I also have had stupid marketing investments where I've gone too gung-ho and, you know, so there's no one answer, there's no clear line, but always improve that system, always be tweaking it. And if you're doing that, then eventually you'll start making money and 
one way or another. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Great, great advice. Because again, I asked you that question and, and you mentioned systems probably 10 times already in that. So I think, I think that's something, you know, to pay attention to for people who are watching. Because again, if you're going to look at any type of business in any space, like all of these successful businesses, they definitely have systems in place. So something to pay attention to. Like coming back to the mentors, like there's a lot of those. And you know yourself, you know, people you should follow, people you should avoid. And, you know, it's just a mix of those sometimes. And people, you know, especially like, you know, who are looking to get started, they might get, you know, ended up like on a bad side of, you know, because I heard like countless stories where people like, oh, I invested 30K, like I didn't get anything from it. And, you know, but I, I don't know the situation, you know, how it went out and why it happened like that. But, you know, for the people who are thinking like, oh, my God, like 30K, man, I don't have a 30K. I, I can scrape 30 bucks in my pocket and maybe go and grab a, three books that Aaron can recommend me. So what type of books would you recommend for people to go and grab Amazon, as you mentioned, business or non-business, real estate, anything? Sure. Well, first of all, if you have 30K, do not give it to a guru for education. Okay. I can't stand it when people come to me and said, I had 30K, but I gave it to you know, this company, because they were going to coach me, by the way, you know, what does cash flow mean? You know, just, so no, you know, always start with $30 on Amazon. I mean, rich dad, poor dad changed my life. Um, honestly, I haven't read a lot of books on how to get started in real estate in about like eight years, which I probably should. Yeah. But I go to conferences. I, I always keep up with articles and things like that. Um, I, I follow a lot of people on YouTube about, you know, raising capital, building the brands. Um, real estate investment strategies, just business, you know, owners, small business uh, uh, strategies as well. Um, and uh, I, I did get started with, you know, some David Lindahl books and things like that. And they kind of gave me the first understanding of the process, <clears throat> how to do it. But that was eight, 10 years ago. I mean, right now I'd probably go on YouTube and start following guys. Like I put out a podcast every single week. Um, I try to give a lot of information. I like really dig into stuff. You know, I talk about 1031 tax deferences and in-state versus out-state investing. I dig into the Patterson market, you know, and so just, you know, whatever. And there's tons of guys like me, go, go listen to them, you know, but be careful. The guys are selling you books and CDs. All right. I don't sell books and CDs. I don't sell boot camps. I don't sell coaching. I sell simply an opportunity to invest passively in New Jersey apartment buildings. So I'm a fan of selling one thing, knowing your product or your service and, and knowing it well, I don't want even one of those guys that, hey, I can give you this or I can give you that and give me five grand and come to my boot camp and then I'll pitch you another investment, you know? And, nah, I, I, and those are awesome models. Like more power to those guys and they're crushing it and you pay them to learn from them, to invest in them. Like that's the syndication, you know, guru education model. That's an awesome model, but there's a flaw in that model that you're paying someone to then give them your investment capital you know, you can skip the step of paying them. You can just invest as well. You know, so, um, so I, I think there is a flaw in a lot of syndicators out there that are just kind of pushing their books and CDs and be wary of that. Do not overpay for things. Don't get caught up in expensive coaching, but take advantage of all the free information out there as much as you can and uh, make a strategy, stick to it. You know, I'm going to buy three family properties, two to three family in this city, I'm, I'm going to make my banking relationships. I'm going to make my property management relationships, my broker relationships. I'm going to find a deal. I'm going to spruce it up, get it renovated, lease it out, you know, refinance. Here's the people I'm going to work with to do that. 
um, create a plan. And if you don't have any money, but you have a really darn good plan and you really educate yourself about it and you set up pieces of uh, the, your team in place, your attorney, your banker, your realtor, your property manager, your contractors, then all of a sudden, if you go to the people you already have a trusting relationship in business one way or another or personally, they might be willing to give you the $100,000, you know, in a first lien position to buy the first property or whatever it is, you know, so <clears throat> I didn't have any money to get started. My father did give me the first loan to get started. I paid him an interest rate. It was a first lien on the property. You know, I'm not ashamed to say it. A lot of people get started with friends and family. It doesn't mean you're a, a failure. It means you're, you're using the resources around you. And, uh, you know, the first flip was a total disaster. We lost like $7,000, but I paid my dad back. And that $7,000, instead of giving it to a coach, I had experience. And that was the best seven grand I ever spent, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, here you go. So uh, again, it's very interesting because, you know, just today before you, like, we had another, you know, podcast interview, by the way, you can go, go, go and check this out. And he exactly mentioned the same. He was like, look, I don't read, like, I don't read the books. Like, he just went to the event. He just came back from that. And he was like, look. I, probably people just need just one, two books. That's all you need. And then you just need to take action and, and just go and do stuff. You know, so we reached that for that definitely great entry point for you to understand how money operates and how you should run a business and why you should do that. You know, if you want to be free again, and uh, I would love to just uh, talk about, you know, passive investing and maybe, maybe you can explain people, you know, because again, everybody's just like, going online facebook instagram twitter youtube you see all these like people traveling places thailand they're just living the life traveling the beaches and everybody's just sitting there and like man i have my job like nine to five maybe nine to nine i don't know and you know just working and just looking you know just ends meet and like what would like this freedom is not available for me so maybe you can explain people that that is actually available and you don't have to even be active in real estate you can do that passively yeah, well, I, I think, you know, uh, the social media, everyone puts this image out on social media success. You know, that's one of my flaws with Grant Cardone. I think he's kind of a braggart. I, I don't like that whole thing, but that's fine. That's his whole thing, you know. So um, basically, yeah. I, so so what, what's the question exactly? Um, so how people can invest into the deals passively, I mean, and what, what, what is going right. to give to them? Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, basically, you know, we have deals uh, all the time. We try to find a new apartment building every quarter. So and investors invest passively and they actually get a share of ownership in the building. Um, and that, you know, passive investment in the syndication is a great way for investors to get started because you're pooling together your capital and a lot of investors can get started with something like $30,000. That's the minimum mm -hmm. for our fund. Um, and you can even self-direct your IRA. So, you know, a lot of people tend to have 30,000 in their IRA if you're over a certain age, and, and that's a great way to build your IRA faster and learn this uh, industry. So uh, syndication is great. Syndication is when you, you know, pool together capital to buy a bigger building. Bigger buildings make more money and they're safer investments long-term. Well, what, what um, where is the return on, 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 the, on the cash? So uh, in the past, our uh, syndications have earned about 11.5% annualized cash on cash return. Okay. And that's uh, like 3x multiple after five or what, what is, how is it looking? Yeah. Well, uh, what we do is we, uh, that was a 25 unit we bought and sold over about two and a half year period. So uh, when broken out, they made uh, 
it was about 11 and percent cash and cash return at that period of time around 26 percent or so over a uh, uh, two-year period two and a half year period or so and um so uh, that was a good one where you know we projected about nine and a half and hit about eleven and a half. We always want to underpromise and overdeliver. Uh, right now, you know, we are hitting the mark on our current syndications, and um, we buy, renovate, refinance. All right, so we are always uh, we don't really sell. We look at real estate as a cash flow machine. Okay, we have the resources in house here to manage it to a T, and that allows you to make a lot of good cash flow. Oh, by the way, a bunch of tax depreciation to write off all that cash flow. So you give zero dollars to the tax man at the end of the year. So it's like, why would I get rid of that? You know, why wouldn't I just harvest the equity that, that I, I force into it over time? And as I build the cash flow of the property, I build the value of the property. And then we harvest the equity through a refinance in the year four generally and split up a big lump sum of cash. And the investors have the option to exit the investment at that time. Um, and they can sell their initial share of the LLC, get back their initial investment. They keep the money from the refi, they keep the money from the cash flow. but the tax man's gonna come knocking on their door and say, hey, you invested 100 grand with People's Capital Group, you made $50,000 over five years, and now you know, that $50,000 is profit. So better tax strategy, and my tax strategy, and our, a lot of our investors' tax strategy is to stay invested long-term, do the cash out refinance again around year nine, and then uh, do a 1031 tax deference, mm -hmm. maybe around year 15, sell the building, put the, all the monies into a third party, trade into a similar but bigger building. And now we go from a $3 million building we're buying right now, that we're gonna uh, get it to appraise at 4 million, do a cash out refinance, then get it to appraise at five and a half million years later, re refinance, then sell it for six and a half million and move into it nine million dollar building and, and now your initial investment of fifty thousand dollars or so in a three million dollar building not only have you made that back a few times over but now it owns a nine million dollar building which nine million dollars buildings make more money so you know right there you know it's an initial investment by trading up properly executing the 1031 tax deference we avoid all taxes we defer all taxes my tax rate's like so so small i just got out of a meeting with my bookkeeper and accountant it, i really i don't know any taxes this year which is great because i paid myself six figures so in my opinion i've cracked the tax code right boom there it is done <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that's awesome i just love the idea of you know in, investing you know passively actively like real estate you know on a big scale of course we're we're not going to be talking you know flipping and wholesaling and like i know people are doing super well in these uh, you know, in these asset classes, but like if you're looking to build that freedom or, or that wealth, like mm -hmm. multifamily is definitely, definitely a great space. And, you know, I'm going to put a bunch of links for you guys to go and check it out. People Capital Group, because it sounds like they're providing service for the people and they like people <laughs> by the name, I'm just <laughs> guessing. But you can, maybe you can share some stuff, you know, uh, again, 2020, fresh year and yeah. uh, kind of, you know, March. So, kind of fresh so maybe you can share some business goals that you have for your business for this year sure well this year we want to grow up to um around 20 million in, in holdings that's our goal we're buying about four million dollars in real estate in the next 30 days right now and that'll put us up around 14 million so we won't be too far off and then over the next five years we want to grow to 65 million as well um and uh we're going to keep doing what's been working you know which is some of the best advice i can give any real estate investor you know whatever's 
working, right? The fire burning, the strongest keep putting the fuel on it, right? So you want to always be doing with that. And for us, it's the buy, renovate, refinance. We found that we do it with larger buildings. It works better. So we're going to double down on that. Uh, we have our own management company we've developed, which is really crucial to repositioning these apartment buildings. Um, so that's it. You know, we're, we're really not flipping many houses right now. Uh, maybe like two flips going on. We're wholesaling maybe like half a dozen properties, which is super light for us because the market isn't great for that right now. Finding a good wholesale or finding a good fix flip, not great, not easy. So, you know, don't spin your wheels trying to work against the market there, right? So we're going to focus on what the market is, is telling us to do right now. And maybe in two or three years, it'll be, you know, more of a buyer's market where we're going to continue to do this uh, burst strategy with apartment buildings, but maybe get a little more into wholesaling or flipping as the deals get a little cheaper down the road, if that's the case. Got it. Got it. Okay. So another very interesting topic that we'd like to discuss here for a few minutes is again, coming from social media space, you know, we work like I have a social media company. We work with real estate companies like yours, you know, and most of the time when I have people in the show, I love just that question when I ask them, cause like real estate space is a little bit outdated. Like, you know, now people are waking up and understanding the importance of marketing their own business and themselves, kind of a branding, which is a long-term play. And you mentioned that you spent some, some money actually in doing so. So maybe you can share with the people who are the ones who are looking to get involved into real estate, just the importance of having this online brand and presence and building that thought leadership platform and why is it important? Right. I mean, that's what it's all about. I, I basically uh, work with a branding and data coach. Um, and a lot of it's about, you know, understanding your Google analytics, you know, what, how was your branding keywording working? Uh, are you putting out a professional image that's resonating with exactly who you want it to resonate with? Are your social media ads getting in front of the right people? Or are you throwing money away, getting in front of a bunch of broke people, right? So you got to know what you're looking for. Um, and get in front of them with the right message and the right image. And it's hard. You, you have to come up with content consistently, but it also has to be quality, right? So like that quantity and quality, it's, it's a challenge. So um, I, uh, you know, focus on, on doing the podcast. You know, that's a good thing where people can listen to it as they're driving and things like that. And I'm just getting started with a lot of that. But what I do is I actually have three virtual assistants. Or I keep my staff lean and mean. And one of my virtual assistants, here's a little trick of my trade, uh, reaches out to thousands of podcasts and YouTube shows. So I've been on dozens and dozens of podcasts, right? And, and my story isn't phenomenal or unique. I'm not super successful or wealthy. I'm just kind of working my way up the real estate ladder here and, and day by day. And But people want to hear about this stuff, you know? And, and, it, and it's exciting. You can tell a few stories, and I got tons of them that I didn't even here but you know a, a good and bad and people want to hear it so uh, you know that's how I get out on a lot of podcasts that does help build my brand and, um, but these days man you got to have everything down from your like Google Analytics down to what you say and how you say it you got to know your stuff if you're talking to an investor and you don't know returns and you don't know you know rules or regulations in that market or something or you know um, or you don't know the answer to like a pretty basic question then you got to go back to the drawing board. Just know your numbers, know your market, know your business, uh, or no one's going to really trust you with money. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't come like it doesn't finish like it doesn't start and finishes just with the social media. I mean, it's very important, but you're running a business like it's just a part of it. Like, but it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of it because 
like I heard the story where a very successful guy again in real estate space and he was raising capital and talking with this physically, you know, over the coffee, he was talking with this investor and he was like, yeah, I'm looking to invest and everything's fine. They shook hands and they, you know, separated and the guy went and did this own, his own due diligence, this, you know, uh, investor. And he just rang him. He was like, look, you have no Facebook, like what's going on? You know, so people, people asking this, like, cause this is not like, should I like, this is a must in this day and age. Like if you don't have, you know, I come across people, they don't have a website still. I'm like, well, like what's yeah. going on? Like, what are you trying to hide? Like where you operate as a, as a small business? Like, you know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter that, you know, you, whatever you have, 16 units, 20 units, 40 units, you know, show people that you're a big business. Don't put in, you know, words, even, you know, I'm a small mm -hmm. company, you know, cause mm -hmm. people, people tell the story. That's the advice of what they always tell right. people, tell the story. You make sure that you tell the story good. Because again, that's why I love having people just like yourself on the show because you tell your story. And you know, yeah. th that's why again, to knowing all the stats like, and you know, like all the wording and like, you know, strategy, it's very important, but, but that's behind the scenes. You know, that's yeah, behind and, you the know, and the first monies I raised, you know, as a brand new guy getting started in this business as a realtor, um, I, what I do is I went to business network, real estate networking events. I make a beeline for the guy who runs the event. I say, Hey, you know, I figured out how to do short sales and, uh, or I'm getting started my first fix and flip and it's a disaster. Let me talk about it. Or my first presentation was fake it till you make it. Uh, that was literally the title. And I obviously was faking till you make it. And that was the, the presentation and it was probably really bad. And I wasn't such a great polished public speaker, right? You know, I just really, uh, was, you know, was, was totally starting off. And one of the investors in the crowd was actually interested in investing in me. And I paid her an 18% interest rate. I could have got the money from a credit card at that point, but you know, I wanted to build those relationships and that got started with one of my first um, fix and flips, which didn't make money either, you know, just to, so a lot of challenges getting started, you know, had so many blocks, so bad partners I got started with, made the mistakes flipping houses, bought income properties, leased them all out to, you know, temporary uh, TRA tenants that within six months, every single tenant was being evicted, um, you know, just total disasters. So, you know, a lot of getting to where I am today is just getting myself out of bed the next day and saying, oops, you know, learn not to lease an entire building to TRA tenants. Oops, learn not to team up with a guy who just filed bankruptcy, you know, um, and, and figuring out those lessons. Uh, and, you know, a good entrepreneur just keeps on going just doesn't quit right <laughs> that's yeah, totally yeah, it, yeah. Right? that's the that's adapt. the key that's mm -hmm. the key right here just just if you just mm -hmm. never quit and just continue improve yourself and you know surround with yourself with the right people and you know more important right information because we live in this information age i mean and, and what you mentioned you know about the books and getting the mentors like mm -hmm. there's so many ways and people like you know say oh, i don't have the time when people say like that it, it just kills me every time you know like I don't have the time, don't have the time. And it's like, you know, then you don't have the time, you know, to do anything because you're 60 already. So, you, you, you know, you, there's always something that you can go and, and dig like on like social media. That's how we connected through the Facebook. So people mm -hmm. like asking, how do I get a mentor? Like go and find like what Aaron needs, like find, find the things that he's missing in a business, maybe from social media standpoint, maybe, you know, underwriting, finding the deals or, you know, capital, whatever that might be. And go and say like, oh, listen, look, Aaron, I want to help you. I want to help you. I want, mm -hmm. How I can add, you know, value to your business. 
And, you know, if you feel like Aaron is a great, you know, mentor for you to be in, or, you, you know, if you're looking to invest, whatever, you know, ask questions. That, that's how yeah, you find absolutely. out about things. Yeah, and a lot of guys like me or people doing these, you know, we have a real estate networking event. You know, people have a lot of questions, and that's fine. And um, even if they're not qualified to invest, we know that just answering people's questions, having a good reputation, you know, being a kind, open book is, is important. Um, but, yeah, and, and you'd be amazed at these people doing these events, too, these uh, real estate networking events. You know, especially in real estate, it's a lot of networking. You know, real estate's, like, all about networking. Go to meetup.com. There's like tons of networking events probably around your town and go to them. You know, that like if you are working nine to five and you want to break into real estate, go to some of these events. They're usually like weekday nights, like seven to nine or something. They're made for people that work nine to five. We do them here at our office. They're either on the weekends or in the evenings. So they're totally made for people that cannot, you know, get out of work in the middle of the day. And, and that's where I built my business. And I make a beeline for the guy who's running the show who, by the way, needs to fill seats, needs to get speakers, and whatever your story is. Let's say you're a bread salesman and you uh, are invested $20,000 in a syndication. Well, how did you make that decision? What was your research to get there? How are you doing with that investment? What is a syndication? How did you decide that syndicator to invest in, in that market and why? You know, and that guy's totally getting started, but people are curious because a lot of people are even behind him, you know, who are still, you know, haven't made that first step. So, um, you know, so whatever it is, just try to make one step in you know, one step forward and then tell people about it and then take another step forward and tell people about it. You know, before the ink was dry on my first reposition, I had a seminar going about it. That's it. You know, just talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And, and people will follow, they'll listen, they'll learn, you know, hone your message. Uh, make it interesting and uh, naturally people will start asking about it and eventually perhaps trust you with their hard-earned money yeah yeah love it great 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 I, I love that so okay so for the people who are watching if they want to get in touch with you and before we wrap up if they want to ask some questions or if they're looking to invest with you what, what, what's the minimum investment again and what's what's the what's the uh, well, what should they pay attention to? I mean, you're accepting accredited investors, right? Accredited and sophisticated. So we work with all different types of investors. Minimum investments, 30,000. And we have investors with over a million dollars with us. So, uh, but we kind of pride ourselves on being like open to small investors and, and big alike. So people can self-correct their IRA. About a third of our investors do that. And we teach you how to do that. In fact, I have a seminar tonight about it. But by the time this airs, I'm, There'll be another, uh, you know, another night, but um, I do that every uh, month and we do seminars here as well. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a $30,000 minimum investment and we usually have an opportunity every quarter and we do actually have the 25 unit we're putting out to investors uh, right now. Got it. Got it. Great. So where do people find you on the social media platforms to get in contact with you? Well, our website is peoplescapitalgroup.com. So that's the best place to get in touch with us. You can go there and punch in your information. and We'll reach out to you, send you a qualification form to get you qualified. We make it really easy to get uh, qualified with us. And uh, so that's peoplescapitalgroup.com. But we have a meetup group on meetup.com called New Jersey Real Estate Network. And there you can find all of our webinars if you're not local to Jersey. Or if you are local here, our seminars that we do four times a a month in the office usually at times where people who work full-time can come attend like the weekends or weekday nights and um so that's a uh, new jersey real estate network on meetup.com and then on youtube i have a, 
a channel called People's Capital Group, and I also have the Passive Cash Flow Podcast on iTunes and all those uh, places you can find podcasts. So um, that's what we put out there. You know, check it all out, and peoplescapitalgroup.com has all that stuff as well. Got it. Uh, we make sure that it's going to include the links down below, as always, so you can go, guys, and, and check it out. I'm just looking at the YouTube. Love that. So, as you see, very active, providing a ton of value, passive cash flow podcast. Yeah, it's a lot, a ton of value. Yeah, investment opportunities, state investing out of state. Great, great. So, you definitely guys should follow up with this man and, you know, engage with this content, providing tremendous value, you know, educating you about benefits, why and how you should be investing in real estate. Definitely great you know, to have you on the show today, sharing all this experience. I can feel you can go and give so much more because you're a go-giver. Yeah. I see that. So, you know, I love, oh, yeah. I love you, you know, being here on the show and just sharing all the knowledge and experience, you know. And guys, if you enjoyed this episode, you already know what to do. Click like and subscribe to the channel. And I'm going to see you on the next episode. Thanks very much. Thank you.